Shut up and sit down. This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow, and we're back with another dose of dopeness. The episode that I'm proud to present features Dan Bronson, general manager of one of Queen's finest, Single Cut Brewery. For those who don't know, Single Cut is a fantastic brewery making some stellar brews out of Astoria, Queens, New York. Dan is an all-around great guy and a very knowledgeable beer goon. Full disclosure, for the first couple of minutes, my audio was a little off because one of our mics ate it and kicked the bucket during the podcast. Go figure. But the good news is I'm barely talking and we swapped mics out a few minutes in. That aside, we hope you enjoy this awesome and informative episode. Cheers. Guys, it's Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. We're very excited to be here at one of our favorite breweries, Single Cut Beer Smiths, located at 1933 37th Street in the Story of Queens, just a few blocks from where I grew up. Um, doing the show has been a long time coming, but finally we're here, highly anticipated, highly awaited episode here at Single Cut Beer Smiths. Uh, and we are here with the esteemed Dan Bronson, general manager of one of uh, NYC's finest, of course. Single oh, I thank you. I thank you. And uh, Dan, this is actually your third official appearance on the show. Oh my God, do I get a plaque or something? I, I think you might need a plaque. Last time you were on here was the Queen's uh, Beer Week kickoff event. Oh, that's right. Which was a fantastic show. Not just a fantastic show, but just a great week of showcasing all of Queen's finest. Well, I'm proud to say this is my, my first Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. Uh, I'm stone sober right now, gentlemen. Oh, that's, we got to so, fix that. Yeah, quickly. it's good. It's an interesting change of pace from my previous appearances. We'll do what we can to uh, to change that for sure. So um, yeah, let, let's uh, let's hop right into it. You want to give us a little bit of um, a little bit of the backstory behind Singapore? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we're about to celebrate our fifth anniversary, which we're super excited about. Yeah, our founder and head brewer, Rich. Uh, is a huge beer and music nerd, had been forever. So in uh, about 2010, he got out of the advertising game, which he had been killing for a while, and decided that the, he really wanted to dedicate himself to his two passions of music and brewing. So quit advertising, got a job as a cellarman, which is like the highly regarded but still like janitorial service in a brewery. Most important dude in the building, but still like low man on the totem pole kind of. Right. Did that for a long time. Worked his way up to brewing and then uh, branched off, sold his guitar collection, and opened up this fine establishment in 2012. And as a longtime Astoria cat, I was very, very glad to get to see that all happen. I was actually here bartending on day one, which was nuts. Yeah? Yeah, man. We expected about 300 people. We had about 1,500 people show up throughout the course of the day. It was crazy. spreads love to show up. Yeah, and it says a lot about... Uh, this is a lot about like where New York City is and where it was before. You know, there was no, there just weren't any breweries five years ago, man. Right. I think we were. I, I did the math you know, the other day. I think we were only the fourth brewery in New York City you could visit. Um, don't don't quote me on that. Though I guess right. I am saying that on the record right now. Uh, it's, it was something <laughs> like that. There just wasn't a lot going on. You know, so people were super excited. You know, now we have the better part of thirty breweries operating inside the city, uh, which is great. You know, and it's a nice thing about craft beer too. It's um, there's a whole lot of room for us to grow. So it's a very you know, convivial and, and, and cool industry to work with, you know. So we opened up. That was kind of our main goal is we wanted to bring fresh lager back to New York City, which wasn't something that was happening in the city limits. Right. Uh, we wanted to make IPAs, which was a novel and crazy thing in 2012. Oh, yeah. What do you mean you're going to make a bunch of IPAs yeah, Look at it now. Jesus Who would want to drink a bunch of IPAs? <laughs> Who knows? These guys. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, five years later, and I'm proud to say we're, we're doing the same thing. We're making tons and tons of lager, and we're making tons of IPA, and we ain't going to change a thing. And the third most important thing we wanted to do when we opened the brewery was, uh, you know, have a place to play our records as loud as we wanted to. And you're listening to it in the background right now. We've added a few shelves onto that uh, display there, and, you know. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of fucking yeah, records. We're yeah, we got about, about 1,000 LPs wow. uh, at any given time. And then we got some that are, you know, tucked away and some that have to live at home for a while. Okay. Wow. That, that's, that is awesome. So, again, you guys, you just had a release last week, and I know you have another one coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about last week's release? Yeah, sure. Last week we did a, a double dry-hopped variant of one of our favorite IPAs called This is the Real Life, mm -hmm. um, which obviously is inspired by Queen's, you know, epic Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, 
Yeah, double dry hops are really cool, man. They're, they're a little ill-defined, which is really the only thing we don't like about them. You know, not everybody means the same thing when they double dry hop a beer. But for us, anytime we double dry hop a beer, it's literally twice. We do the dry hopping schedule, and then we do it again, often with different hops so we can get kind of a different, you know, kind of mojo going. But it's tons and tons and tons. I mean, we're literally doubling the amount of hops that go into the beer. So we can't do it all the time. We uh, really enjoy doing it, though. We're big hop heads. We like pushing the limit. We yeah. like seeing furthest we can go while maintaining balance. And, uh, you know, our magic yeast and our wonderful New York City water can really let us push the uh, hoppy envelope without... <laughs> going overboard and without uh, sacrificing balance, which is what we're all about. We want it to good bitterness, good residual sweetness, huge, huge, huge aromatic nose, get a lot of uh, that flavor on your palate, too. We dug. Um, I won't say any more about that beer because we sold out and I didn't get any, so I have not even tasted it. I tasted it out of the tanks, but uh, I have not cracked the can myself, so rookie mistake on my part. (laughs) And now your yeast, you may, and now is that is that a proprietary? Uh, yeah, yeast? we we have five different proprietary yeast strains we use here. Um, so we have two lager strains we've developed over the years. One is newer; we've only had it for a few years. That we use for our um, kind of like American hop lagers, which yep. we don't really call India Pale lagers anymore. That's kind of that kind of died out that moniker. But our dry hop lagers, uh, we've got one we use for our traditional lagers, which uh, is really one of my favorite beers. Our 1933 Pilsner, which we've made since day one. Uh, the beer's come a long, long way. Um, we're really proud of that beer. I, th- I, for my own money, I think it's the one of the best lagers in the East Coast. Um, it is pretty good. We really love that beer. Yeah, that uses our original. And then on the ale side of things, uh, we have two house uh, ale strains. One's American in origin. It was our first ever ale yeast. We loved it. We've been propagating it for years now. And then it's backed up at, at a yeast warehouse, so they know exactly what to do if we ever need to re-up on it. Right. And then we have a second house ale yeast strain, which we use for some of our newer style double IPAs, which is English in origin. Uh, and then to top all that off, we've got a we've got a car alarm. Beautiful story. <laughs> God bless. Uh, we have a house Britannomyces strain, which we developed with Y yeast a couple years ago. It's actually a really cool story. We we got some liquor barrels as a gift from somebody who clearly was not telling the truth about where those barrels were. Uh-oh. Oh, uh oh. Yeah, we loaded them up with stout. They were. Uh, really really nice bourbon barrels and we racked them off and we're like eh, something's not right there and at the lowest point of our depression you know <laughs> somebody was finally like well did anybody try it <laughs> like no man like smell it it's, it's brett I'm like, i was like yeah but did anybody try it and then we all sat down and we like took a glass and then we all just like had these big you know bright eyes staring at <laughs> anyway uh yeah sent that out and then they uh, isolated that bread strain, sent it back to us, and now that constitutes pretty much all of our bread beers. That's that's like our wow. main use bread strain. It's wonderful, man. That's it was awesome. Excellent luck that we found that guy. Super high attenuating, so it makes nice dry beers, but not astringent by any you know stretch. Uh, a little bit of funk, but without being too over the top. Right. And then a lot of times with Britannomyces, you can get like a lot of like really lush fruit, uh, pineapple. And ours gives us tons and tons. So it's like this really nice kind of like pineapple and hay thing. Uh, it always gives you like a spritzy dry beer. Mm. We love it. So we started a whole series of beers just peeling off some of our IPAs before they ferment, you know, the wort, and then putting them in our isolated Brett tanks. And then we, we call it our Petal series. So it's Fuzzbox and Octavia and Out of Phase and mm. Reverb versus Delay, all these beers which... I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but we love drinking them. <laughs> and it's all because of that bread strain. Did a great job. Man. I think when you look around, you can tell that people love coming here to drink your beer. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, we just like having guests in, man. <laughs> this is our home. We live here. And me less than anybody else. I mean, you know, our brewers are here 80 hours a week, half Jesus the time. Jesus Christ. So we like, we like sharing our workspace, a.k.a. our living space. Yeah. 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 But you guys are doing great work here. I mean, You guys are a good host. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, absolutely. Fellas. It means and, a lot. And, you guys, you have a release uh, coming up to tomorrow, and one of the actually one of the beers is available today. We're in Gilly, right? It's, yeah, it's we're in Gilly. Yeah, yes, we got a We're in Gilly came out today. That's uh, We're in Gilly is kind of like like our mini version of Softly Spoken Magic Spells Double IPA, but with a, a couple of tweaks. It's not quite the same beer, uh, but it's really one of our favorite rotators. Uh, probably my personal favorite. We do outside of our Most Shuggy IPA, which is a big fan favorite. It's my favorite beer too. Great beer, uh, yeah. Very Weird, good beer. Yeah, Weird and Gilly is kind of like an inspiration. Uh, well, you know, 
we love East Coast beers. That's that's what we do. You know, especially the East Coast IPA movement is great. You know, people really worrying more about the sensory uh, experience than just how your beer looks. You know, right? Um, which we think is great. Um, but myself and I can I feel comfortable speaking for Rich in this regard too. You know, we both uh, kind of came up on drinking the West Coast classics. And so we can't make beer without tipping our hat to the forefathers before. So it's kind of our little tweak. All of our beers have a pretty good uh, background of bitterness, um, which we think is really, really important to, uh, to our balance. Uh, Weird and Gilly is probably the lowest bitterness of any of our beers. So if you're really into like the modern, cloudy uh, you know, New England IPA with really, really low bitterness, Weird and Gilly is like a great place to start for you. Uh, and then on the other side of that, um, it's Big Brother, which is softly spoken magic spells. Mm. Yep. Uh, we've got a double dry hop version of that coming out tomorrow. So that's the, uh, it's the second time we've done that double dry hop variant. Love Re- that beer. One of our favorites. Right yeah. Actually, just yeah. finished drinking. So that's uh, we were kind of talking about double dry hopping earlier, and you know, it's if there's one thing that the beer industry could do a better job of right now in 2017. I was about to say 2015. <laughs> it's been a long couple of years, dude. <laughs> Right now in 2017 is we got to get better about explaining these things that we're saying, you know, right. and double dry hop is something that consumers are really crazy about right now, which is great. More is better almost always, you know, right. um, but nobody's really like explained what it is. Like, right. what is a double dry hop beer? Like, I have a feeling you're about to explain that to well, us. Well, I can explain what we do. Okay. You know, so, and I can only explain what we do. Can never explain what others do, you know, uh, but when we wanted to do a double dry hop beer, we're like, all right, well we got to start from the ground up. So our double dry hop beers are not just the original beer with more hops in it. It's actually a totally redesigned recipe. Because, uh, again, it's all about balance. So if you're going to say that A is balanced, and I'm going to put more stuff in it to make it B, and B is balanced, well, that doesn't really make sense, right? Right. right. So I can't speak for anybody else, but for us, if, when you have double dry hop softly spoken magic spells, it's a totally different beer than regular softly spoken magic spells. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously it's inspired. You know, it's the same family. You know, they're they're super closely related brothers, mm-hmm. but different yeah, beers. you got to tweak it. Yeah, definitely. And we're all about tweaking. We don't have a single beer which hasn't been touched at all since day one. You know, part of uh, you know growing as a brewery and as a business is we always want to improve, and uh, you know we're never satisfied. You know, and right. we'll probably never will be satisfied. I hope we're never satisfied. You know, it's, tastes change, they evolve, and uh, you know. We just want to make sure that our beers stay up with, you know, Absolutely. It's good where we are. Yeah, we, obviously, first and foremost, we want to make ourselves happy so that we can make others happy. Yeah. You know, because you're never going to be in business long if you don't like what you're doing. Right. Um, you know, and finding that middle ground is kind of what we're about. But, you know, th- definitely with the double dry hop stuff, you know, we wanted to make sure it continued to evolve with our with our initial beers. And, yeah, I feel like the double dry hop, it's becoming like a little bit of a buzz lately. You see a lot of different breweries now. They're releasing double dry hop beers. And uh, I think it's true. I, I think, like, it's an interesting buzzword. And, and I, I'm not I'm not totally sure if all consumers really understand. It's just it like is. a fad now. You see DDH everywhere. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's what we need to get. That's what, and half the yeah. people probably have no idea what it is anyway. Yeah, well, you know, it's like, um, you know, it expands both ways. As flavors get more and more extreme and we have more people who are gravitating towards that, cats who have already gone to that side of the pool are going to go back to the other side and so we're seeing this really great moment right now where people are getting really excited about small beers and the you know the secret that breweries probably don't do a good enough job telling people is that the small beer is really hard to make man the the big imperial stout with the million adjuncts is super fun and there's a lot of nuance to making that balanced and taste the right way Mm -hmm. but it's also big it's a sledgehammer if it's off by two percent nobody's gonna know it's but easier to hide the imperfections in a beer like totally, that. Totally, yeah. But when we brew our Pilsner, you know, it's a crystal clear 5% beer. You know, any small issue is going to show right through. Yeah. And especially with this beer, which we're, we're sipping on right now, this is actually our newest lager. This is our 37th Street. This is our dry hopped uh, American light lager. It's uh, beautiful. Very, very it. lightly dry hopped, especially by single gut standards. Um, just enough so that it kind of reminds you it's there, get it a little bit more in the aroma. Uh, this is the lightest beer we've ever made. Nice, right? It's very, very nice. nice. And we, we were actually here for the um, we were here for the lease. I think all you guys were in, in Boston for that fest. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, but we, we were here the day they, they released. Oh, this very the, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I do like this. Yeah, it's like um, you know this beer. If you write out its description, it's going to be much shorter. <laughs> yeah, the right description of double dry hops, obviously spoken magic spells. Yeah. But I'll tell you, a lot more work goes into this. 
uh, than, or not a lot of work. It's the same amount of work, but like, you know, we make IPA all the time. And I always say with like a lot of brewers in 2017, we can all brew IPA in our sleep, but we lose sleep over the Pilsner. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that you're, you're neurotic about, you know. Everything can go wrong, and everything has to go right for it to taste correct. You know, and we're drinking an American light lager right now. This is like a little bit simpler and easier, mm-hmm. but you know, going on perfect for a day like today oh, too, man. Least, yeah. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. But talking about pilsners, especially, you know, it's it's a style of contradiction. It's so great to see it becoming an in vogue style right now. Um, though, it'll be fun to watch every brewery try because it really shows a brewery's chops. Um, it's a style of contradiction. It's got to be bitter, and it has to have like this little the little touch of malty sweet in the finish, mm. you know. Super, yeah, super, super dry, but it also has to be like full and really pleasant yeah. on the palate. Uh, and all on top of that, it has to be really easy drinking, you know. Well, it, it, yeah, it, man, it you got to, you got to, you got to cut the line, you know. It is very good, and and it's interesting because globally, Pilsner is one of the highest, it's the highest selling, uh, totally, yeah, uh, you know, segment of beer in the world, and, and it's it's interesting that you see it. This sort of a kind of a, I don't know if I want to call it a resurgence, but you definitely see now. More breweries are kind of more of these craft breweries are looking to kind of give their own take on it, which yeah. I find really fascinating. Yeah, lockers are exceptionally hard, um, but as a New York City brewer, they're exceptionally expensive, uh, which is I would say probably one of the biggest reasons why craft breweries have been a little hesitant to get into the lager game for so long. I mean, they take more or less twice as long to make. Wow. And I mean, we're here in New York City, and we're very fortunate. We've got 5,000 square feet, so we've got a, a decent-sized space. I mean, we're literally busting the seams. I mean, you guys can look around here. We have grain stacked up to the rafters. Wow, you're you know? not kidding. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> look, look at that. But the most expensive thing we brew with here is time. You know, it's real yeah. estate. Yeah. And for us, when we started, we wanted to do lagers. That was one of our founding principles, do lagers, do fresh IPAs and queens. Uh, we installed horizontal lagering tanks. So, you know, the big difference between lagers and ales, ales like to, the yeast likes to float around the top and the middle and likes to ferment relatively warm. Lagers like to ferment on the bottom, on the, the ground of the tank, and they like to ferment relatively cold. So since they're fermenting cold, it's just going to take a little while longer for them to to do their job. You know, we want them to be healthy and happy, so we want to give them lots of room to spread out. Mm-hmm. So we installed proper lagering tanks here, horizontal lagering tanks. Um, so the end result is we have happy yeast, and happy yeast gives you great beer. I mean, and there's nothing better in the whole goddamn world than fresh, clean, dry-ass Pilsner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a blessing right there. So. I mean, it's a beer you can drink in any circumstance, any scenario, all day long. I mean, especially the hot days. It's, it's such a crisp and beautiful drink to have. Oh, totally. And so international, you know? Mm-hmm. It's one of those very few beers that, you know, people always discover new stuff they like. But a really crisp, clean lager makes most of the world really happy, you know. So we're we're happy to, to brew that, and we're in Astoria. Absolutely. You gotta we're, we're in the world's we're in the world's neighborhood, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, do you guys have uh, anything coming up that you could talk about? Any any uh, new uh, new beers in the mix? Any kind of surprises? Anything you can you can mention? Oh, sure. Um, well, it wouldn't be a surprise if I told you. So, uh, <laughs> a fallacy right there, man. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, yeah, I got some super cool stuff. Um, I will save you my really poor Japanese. Uh-oh. Uh, but we I want to hear you poor Japanese. Nah, it's that, it's that poor. Can't even, <laughs> can't even fake it. <laughs> we got a new beer coming out in a couple weeks called uh, The English Translation is Some Cat from Japan. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> but you'll only find it in Japanese on the store shelves. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, apparently that's totally kosher <laughs> in New York State with the, with the State Liquor Authority and the federal. Yeah, it doesn't have to be in uh, English or in uh It's in literally characters. written in Japanese. That's it's written only great. in Japanese. That yeah. is awesome. But you got the inside scoop. It's called Some Cat from Japan. Some Cat. I love but, that name. Yeah, so it's actually it's the little baby version of Weird and Gilly. 4.2% session. Oh, Weird nice. Gilly. Wow. Yeah, so you'll get like this really great, relatively low perceived bitterness, kind of hazy session IPA. We're super stoked about it. So I love um, me a we're session. Tasting, we're tasting it out of the tank, and it's tasting great. Oh, nice. And do you have a date for that yet, or? Yeah, that'll be coming out in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Guess what we're going to be in two weeks. a really big day. Uh, two weeks from tomorrow, uh, I think it's the 14th. Yeah, 14th. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a triple can release, and it's going to be a big one actually. Three new beers. Oh, wow. Yeah, which we've never done before. Oh, shit. Yeah, so you've got some cat from Japan coming out. <laughs> we've got Thank you. double dry hop bonbon. 
Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. Yeah, bonbons are Australian hop uh, double IPA. So Australian hops are incredible. We were big early adopters on hops from the Southern Hemisphere. We love them, love them, love them. Mm -hmm. But so does everybody else because they're awesome. So yeah. we got to wait in line just like everybody. But yeah. we got our allotments, so that's coming out. And we figured we would just double down, you know, spend all the allowance at once. And we've got a double dry hop version of it. New artwork, too. looks super cool. And then we have a second totally new beer uh, called Charlie's Good Tonight, uh, <laughs> which was something that Mick Jagger would shout at his drummer uh, to egg him right. on. Right. Oh, Charlie's Good Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got to win sometimes. You know? <laughs> uh, so a relatively small IPA, 6%, okay. uh, natively double dry hopped as well. Um, kind of in the same vein as Jenny said, which people were really digging on. Mm -hmm. We were very happy. Yeah, very good. So this, uh, this is a smaller version of it. It's it's in the same vein. It's not the same beer. It's pretty different, actually. But really, really stoked, man. So we're wow. really we got the inside about scoop. That. Yeah, man. Triple can release. Triple can release. Yeah. That is exciting. On the fourteenth. On the fourteenth. Happens to be my oldest son's birthday that day. No but uh, Oh yeah. Birthday. I may have to bring him over here. <laughs> Just what he wanted, pops. <laughs> Where are we going? We're going a single cut. You're gonna like it. So, Dan, you got a bunch of beers here in front yeah, of us. We can what move what on. are we? We can move on. Uh, we can move on. <laughs> what, what, what should we? Uh, what should we sip Thank on you, next? Sir. All right. Since we keep talking about it, this is weird and gilly. Thank you. Yeah. So you know, we always talk about, it, especially with the IPA brewers now. Um, you know, back in the day when IPA started to be a thing, it was really when people were like, "Drink fresh, drink fresh." But us out here in New York, we were getting all of our IPAs from San Diego. So, drink fresh. You know, drink it the day it gets to town. It's only two weeks old. Right. You know, but there is such a thing as a little bit too early. Um, so this beer just came out of the tank today, so it's tasting yeah. fresh and fine. But in a, in a week, this beer will taste even better. So it kind of rounds out a little bit. It opens up. This is beautiful. It's very nice. I love the color. Very nice. Yeah. Mm. So we love this beer, man. Uh, this is all, most, well, not all, but mostly hops just from the Pacific Northwest here in the U.S. Um, if you're kind of familiar with our, or you're not familiar with our brewery, um, we don't talk about the hops we do in our beers, not because we're trying to be dickish or secretive. Um, we're not into doing single varietals or featured hops. We really feel that IPAs function a lot like most wines. Um, a single grape is usually not expressive enough to carry a wine, right? It's always blends. Even if you get a single varietal wine, it can have up to, I think, 15% of mm -hmm. other must in it. You don't even have to disclose that. You know? Wow. It's just been something that, you know, that winemakers have been hot to for a long time and now as IPAs are becoming more and more defined by these individual varietals that are in the beer um, we definitely want to go the opposite way we don't we've never had a hop that we think can carry a beer on its own start to finish or at least we've never found a hop that we think uh, wouldn't be better with other hops in it so we do really big blends. I mean, like, sometimes double-digit varietals in our beers. Wow, so, really? Wow. Yeah, so we don't tend to describe our beers by what hops are in them. We do tend to describe them, I think, the proper way, which is more by the terroir where that, um, those varietals came from. So generally, people ask uh, what hops are in your beer. We're going to tell them, oh, it's a Pacific Northwest and Australian blend. And then we're going to have a bunch of hops from Australia, a bunch of hops from Pacific Northwest, new European varietals. You know, sometimes we work with hops from, you know, the Midwest or New York. Um, we love New Zealand hops. We loved South African hops before um, an unnamed mega corporation said we couldn't buy anymore. <laughs> um, but this guy is mostly all American. Uh, and then um, though our beers don't tend to be particularly sweet. Um, we have a pretty dry palate and our yeast is really made for having these kind of drier beers. Um, we still take a lot of pride and put a lot of thought into how our malt, you know, uh, you know, bill gets made. So we work really closely with some uh, maltsters in Scotland. And this uh, this beer, along with Soft Spoken Magic Spells, is uh, mostly made up of some really, really nice, uh, primarily Scotch-made uh, malts that go for a Scotch production. Wow. Uh, they send some of it to the U.S. for beer, and we use a lot of that in these. Uh, it's wow. just got this really great, like, beautiful toast uh, quality to it, which I can't quite extrapolate on any further. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, switching gears a lot, I wanted to ask you, what do you what do you think about the uh, Brewers Association talking about a uh, craft brewer seal? Yeah. How, what's your What's your feeling on that? Yeah, man, I think it's cool. Um, we feel really, really strongly about uh, regardless of what goes into the beer or who made it, um, consumers always deserve an honest label. Right. Um, 
we've gotten a little bit of flack in our history because we've been very outspoken about contract brewing. Um, you know, we never mean to be rude or be offensive to anybody. That's not our style. We're pretty friendly, jovial cats, but yeah. um, but we feel strongly about that, man. If your name is on a beer, you better have made it. Right. And to, to take it one step further, we think that if you're going to com- be in our market and sell beer next to ours, uh, you know, we have a dozen people who are counting on this beer to put food on their table. There's a lot of risk involved. And if you didn't take any risk to put your beer on the table, then it doesn't deserve to be next to ours or next to other halves or next to Finbacks or LAC Beer Project right. or all these great breweries that we share New York City with, you know. Um, there's a lot of risk involved, man, you know. Yeah. Um, so consumers deserve to know that. You know, it's craft beer is what we always say. It's a two-part requirement. The beer part might get satisfied, and it might taste amazing, and oh, we'd be glad to have one too, but um, that's not local. That's not a New York beer. Right. That's uh, wherever it was made beer, and it should say that clearly on the can. And same thing, if you're a brewery who's part of like an AB InBev network, um, you're kind of playing by the same rules. That beer might be exceptional, but you're not taking the same risks we are. You don't have as much on the line as we do, and so consumers deserve to know that. You know, it's the cool thing about craft beer. People aren't just buying the beer, they're buying the craft. And so that should be clearly uh, listed. So we're, we're in favor of it. You know, that, that news just kind of came out yesterday, more or less. So we're still kind of figuring out how it's going to play into what we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, our packaging uh, starting next week, you know, proudly says Made in New York with the Made in New York logo. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it will more than likely make its way onto our packaging, too. You know, we're 100% independently owned. I mean, we're 90% owned by us, uh, which right. is awesome. So. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I agree. I mean, you know, it's brewing is both a science and an art, and uh, and uh, you know, you should uh, you put yourself into it, and it should be you know, I, I completely, completely agree with that with that perspective. Uh, and I think it also makes the uh, the game a little more fair too for you know uh, Goose Island, who makes great beer, right? You know, and uh, our buds at Blue Point, they make great beer. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with that beer, um, but there's something wrong with the narrative if it's still being sold. You know, like it's a mom and pop shop to people who don't know any better. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it's not, under the guise of fair. craft, but that's not really what it is. No. I mean, it's not what it is. Yeah. And that beer deserves to be celebrated for being good liquid. That's great beer, man. No way around that. We were actually just at Blue Point a couple weeks ago. They're super nice, treated us like princes. Beer was tasting great. Uh, but again, it's not the same risk, so it doesn't deserve the same place. Correct. It deserves a different place. Should still, it's fine, you know. Yeah. Just that's what I brought up important. earlier. You know, Goose Island is completely different in yeah. their own respect you know I, I completely agree like when I go to um, I go to a lot of these NYCFC games in Yankee Stadium in Yankee Stadium the beer selection there is not that great Dude, but they it's got, awful it's awful <laughs> come on Yankees step it's, up it, your game that's why you gotta awful. go to City Field oh, the Mets Field are has, killing you they have way way better beer at City Field no question but the best beer they have there is a goose you know it's a goose IPA right yeah. so you know you, if you gotta settle goose IPA is not a bad beer that's more but, reason never know. to go to Yankee Stadium yeah. and I, I heard Maybe don't quote me on this, but I heard the Madison Square Garden beer list is about to get really good. Get out of oh. here, yeah? Really good. I'm oh, excited shit. about that. Yeah, the so basketball's we, not getting any better. We could go watch the Knicks better, lose, yeah. and then and then Isaiah Thomas is going to take over again. Did you hear yeah, about no. that? No, Someone's got to make those Billy Joel shows bearable. <laughs> <laughs> no, Isaiah Thomas tweeted today. I heard he's, he's not interested he in the job. He doesn't want the job? No, no, Thank no. fucking God. But if the beer's getting better there, that's... that's uh, I'll that spend $90 news. for upper, or whatever you call their shittiest seats, <laughs> just for that. Let's go. So uh, you, you recently were quoted in a Washington Post article. I believe it was written by Fritz Hahn. Oh, was, yeah. Uh, why is it so hard to figure out when bottled and canned beer is fresh? Yeah. And uh, you basically... It's a good article, man. I read it. It was a good article. And you, I, I believe you basically said, you know, the one to three week period for the hoppy beers. Yeah. That's, that's really the time frame and, uh, to drink them. Yeah. And just kind of, if you could expand on that a little for our listeners. So why, why is it with the hoppy beers? Why, why is it that you need to really drink these beers fresh as opposed to other types of beers? Yeah, sure. So you got like a whole bunch of like beautiful aromatic compounds that are going to come out of your hops. And the biggest enemy of like most things that are beautifully aromatic is oxygen. And no matter how little there is in there, it's going to get extrapolated with time, you know? Um, so every beer is going to be different, right? Some beers will peak a little bit later, some a little bit sooner. But for us, we always say the sweet spot for not just our beers, but we think a lot of a modern, you know, big IPAs that we've drank. 
uh, seven to 21 days, what we always say. Um, so the first week, the beer is great, but it's a little, we call green, you know? Right. It could use, it could stand to open up a little bit more. So we think for most beers, definitely ours, seven days, right when we drink it, you know, and everybody at the company all just kind of looks at each other and be like, all right, yeah, that's, this is what right. we want. This is what it's supposed to be, you know? Uh, and then after 21 days, again, still the beer is great, but you're starting to kind of come down from the apex of your enjoyment. How, when yeah. do you think is the cutoff where you need, just need to cut your losses and get rid of it? For our beer, we say six weeks. Six it's, weeks? Yeah, it's six weeks. You drink it after that, it's it's severely compromised. Okay. Yeah, like it might be a good beer, but it's not at all what we wanted. Right. It wasn't what it was supposed right. to be. It wasn't what you envisioned yeah. for the beer, right? And the, I always make the comparison to milk. I think milk's the best comparison. Mm -hmm. You just treat your hoppy beers like milk. And at six weeks, um, can you drink it? Uh, yeah, but it's probably not what the cow intended. Right. You know true. what I mean? Right. The cow intended you to drink it fresh. Yeah, and like you know, and some beers age really well, but I mean, you know, cheese. Some cheeses age really well yeah. too, but I don't want five-year-old yogurt. <laughs> no, you make you make an excellent, excellent point. And uh, just like milk too, keep it dark, keep it cold, always. Nice. Okay. Yeah. There's no science behind it. This is just years of drinking hoppy beer. All right. But we always say that one day cold's worth about three days warm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, no science behind that. It's just. No. But that's just that's that's our gut. Just good old, good old beer, <laughs> gut instinct, beer logic. Literally. That's yeah. great. So um so what about other other types like, like we're talking about pilsners before right? Sure. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean that's got to be a totally different yeah. time frame on that. Well, so I I'm gonna go back to the original point. I think that. Uh, you know, the real hard part, why consumers don't know how to treat their beer, is because you have to know what the beer is about before you, know how to, before you know how to treat it. So you can make some good guesses, right? If you get an IPA, you should make a reasonably good guess that the brewer wants you to think about and drink the hops. And the malt is there, but it, that's not the centerpiece. So you want to make sure that's fresh, fresh, fresh. You know, if you're going to get a big, huge imperial stout, that brewer's telling you this is all about the malt. So it's okay. It can age a little bit. It might get better, you know? Right. Um, Pilsner, though, that's a hoppy beer. You know, Pilsners are a hoppy beer. You know, they're lager, they're crisp and clean, so Pilsner definitely drink fresh, fresh, fresh. Uh, the Pilsner's got a little bit more going on than the IPA does, in, in, you know, in our opinion. You know, the Pilsner uh, you know, is light and crisp, and, like, the enjoyment of the beer is part of the, the whole brewing process mm -hmm. of it. Not to say you're not supposed to enjoy an IPA, right. but an IPA's got a big statement. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pilsner is wants you to be a partner in it you know you have to experience the pilsner a little bit more the ipa will force the experience on you right wow. does that make nah. sense am i yeah. right no it does i feel like I, and don't get me wrong, i love 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 and i think i speak for pete too we love ipas love double ipas but it's almost it, it they're, they're much more aggressive on the palate yeah and i think pilsners are a little bit not to say that ipas can't be complex but but pilsners i mean you really got to sit with it you really can 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 spend time dissecting it mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's a little bit it's a different approach to drinking Totally, yeah. It's uh, that's why we love pilsners. Uh, we mean we've proudly brewed pilsner every day for five years now. Wow! But pilsner is just so dynamic, and like how many little facets, you know, it, it finds itself in. Um, Do you find those batches going wrong more than any other style of beer that you brew? Thankfully, no. Okay. Um, just because we've gotten, you know the kind of mechanics of it down right. so many times but such a science to it right yeah i mean but i mean the first batch pilsner we ever brewed was not good <laughs> and uh it really set us back a long time wow. I, I feel really bad i wasn't with the company full time at that point but i've always been a big advocate of the work that's been going on here and you know it's new york city you only get one chance and there's a lot of cats who now five years later are coming back and giving us another try and really appreciating what we're doing you know and I always have to kind of like, you know, bite my tongue a little bit. They're, they're like, oh, your beer's really good now. They're like, oh, man, the beer's been really good for five years, man. You just, you had one bad experience and uh, never came back. But I'm not blaming anybody for that. Like right. I said, it's New York City. Nobody has time to give people second chances. Right. But if you were here on that day one and you didn't like that Pilsner, that's come what, back and have another one. That's what you thought this was going to be oh, every day. service. Wow. Wow, hello. Fresh great beers and arrived. great service. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so come come back and taste it. Um, I stand by that beer stronger than anything else. We absolutely adore that beer. Uh, we don't make any money on that beer, man. It takes us seven weeks to make. Wow. Could be renting that, that apartment out to much more profitable IPA tenants. Right. I love the way the perspective you put on everything you say. Like, so detailed and so intricate. Like, 
Well, it's a real thing, man. It's a, it's the craft beer business. I'm ex I'm expanding it. It's now it's now it's three parts. <laughs> it's the craft, it's the beer, and it's the business. And, yeah. Uh, yep. There's certain realities to this life, um, which you gotta, you know, yeah. be a part of you. And and I'll I'll say this to all the listeners too. Do every brewery and every bar a favor. Um, truly, truly know this. Um, just because Budweiser has been making millions and millions of barrels of the cheapest beer and calling it a lager doesn't mean that the lager should be cheaper. Right. The lager is more expensive to produce than the ale, just across the board. So when you start going into uh, bars and, you know, right now and then over the course of the next year, as more craft breweries start to take risks and really double down, like, I'm going to make a bunch of lagers. And you're suddenly seeing nine and ten dollar pints. Um, you're not getting gouged. That's the price it should have been. Right, right. Um, I think a lot of people don't really realize how much work goes into making these beers. You it's know, intense, it's, man. Right, and you know, it's they just see the price and they just they get pissed off. They're like, why the fuck am I paying so much money for yeah. a sixteen ounce beer when I can go to the store and yeah. buy, you know, anything else? And you know, they don't know. And you're not going to sit there and explain it to them every day, you know, but. Right. Well, it, it's interesting. I, I was with uh, one of our boys, Pitts, yesterday, and we were drinking beers, and he was like, you know, these, these beers are really good, but I could go to a bar and I, I could drink cheaper and I can get. But I'm like, you know, it, it's you, you pay for what you drink. Yeah. And, right. and you know, that for, beer at that bar has been sitting there for God knows how long. And not only that, you, it, it's probably not a very complex or very flavorful beer. If mm -hmm. you really want to enjoy the beers you're drinking, and not that I even think that what, what breweries are charging is that. I, I don't even think it's that much. I, I, I think it's an art. It's a craft. And, you know, the brewery's got to stay afloat. It's an and, experience. And yeah. your experience, exactly. It, it's an experience coming yeah. into the breweries. You come to the cannings. You know, I think part of part of what you're paying for is that experience. Is that a flavor intensity, that flavor spectrum? And yeah. personally, I mean, I think I think it's a beautiful thing. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I this, is, this is my daily life, you know, is... Uh, I'm jealous. We, t we take a lot. We take a lot of pride in being very responsive. If somebody cares enough to send me an email or message us on Facebook, I mean, I never do that. Uh, I don't. Right. If I have a bad McDonald's burger, I'm not calling the McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't care. Right. These people really care, and they care about us. So anybody who reaches out, even if they're complaining or they got an issue with something, will always answer it. Right. And if you ever email me, people listening, I will answer you. Uh, 100%. Every time, no matter what. You know, and we get a lot of people who are big fans of ours, which is amazing. And, um, you know, they have concerns over our price. They want to okay. know why it's so expensive. Um, and you kind of said it perfectly. It's craft beer business. Mm -hmm. And uh, the craft is really expensive, man. Um, you know, using every hop you want to, making a beer that's uncompromised really stacks up. Playing by the rules and being a New York City business right. is unbelievably expensive. Our insurance costs are through the roof. Right. I mean, three, four times what they would be if we were outside People of the city. People don't think about those little details that businessmen have to worry about. You know, you're talking about your rent. You have to pay your employees, you know, yeah. benefits and all these things. And, you know, you, you guys have 5,000 square feet that you yeah. work with, and I'm sure you have an bunch of people working in that space and people in real estate are the really expensive parts and right. i will yep. say this as somebody who gets a paycheck not somebody who writes the paycheck so i hope you believe it i'm not just saying this to blow smoke up mm -hmm. people's asses yeah uh, our beer is expensive because our boss treats us right right it's a shitty industry for pay it's a passion industry right yep. people will do a lot of work for very little pay and Rich, who won't listen to this podcast, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll oil him so he glistens in the sun, uh, treats us like princes. Uh, he wow. was a cellarman. He was a brewer. He lived a he life. He hustled. Right. And, uh, he understands. Yeah. So every time you drink one of our beers and you think, God, why the fuck is this can six ninety nine? It's like because you're paying for a whole team of workers to have a middle class life in New York City. Right. Which I don't. I don't want to show my socialist roots here, but. Everybody deserves a middle-class living. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're doing something you love or something you hate. Everybody deserves a middle-class living. 100%. Um, so our answer to why is, your beer is so, why is your beer so expensive is honestly a sincere, massive thank you. Thank you for buying it. Thank you for supporting a real small business. Thank you for supporting us in our attempt to make the kind of business we want to be, and that's an honest business that treats people right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then Absolutely. you treat the consumer even better than I think most people. I mean, most places I've gone to, not to, not to shit on any other brewery at all, but coming in here is an experience. The second you walk down the street and you see the place, 
It's just that wow factor. It's like, holy yeah. shit, look at this building. Look at I the agree. signage. You come oh, in man, here. Oh, man, you're a guest. You hooked it 14 blocks <laughs> from the subway or whatever it is. It's not 14 blocks, by the way. It's, you it's know five what I mean. blocks. Like, it's you know, so easy, and there's sunshine every turn. Right, yes, you, and you come in here. And in the W, you know, Dip Boulevard. The place looks really beautiful. You've got these nice guitars up, which I guess were the ones he didn't sell. Those are the ones he kept. He hung right, them don't up. Don't tell anybody else. Those are the cheap guitars up there. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 bought the pretty ones that didn't cost as much. We put them up there. Uh, that's don't our secret. We won't tell, tell anybody. anybody. <laughs> if you ever come and see music here, we have a stage up above our office. The back line. Last time we were here, is remember? Sweet. Yep. And I love when you guys uh, uh, sometimes you throw up movies on the uh, yes. on the wall over sure, there. Sure. Yeah. And one time I was here, it was oh my god, one of my favorite movies. Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. That's oh, a yes. classic. Classic. Love it. It was on. I we mean, were about to leave, and all of a sudden, one part came on. He's like, no, we can't, we can't go yet. Oh, we yeah. can't go yet. Hell, I got to <laughs> see this part first. I got to see this part. I mean, what could be better than, you know, music? You got zombies on the wall, beer. I mean, I can't think of many things better than we're that. We're huge cinephiles here. That's not like, you know, that's not in like our MO and like our, you know, our branding or anything. Right. We're all huge nerds. Uh, my former career was in film. Our tapper manager oh, wow. is a director right now. She's got a film that's going on the circuits wow. as we speak. The two cats behind the bar right now are both commercial actors. You've, I guarantee oh, you've seen them in something before. You know, wow. and, the, and the bar back is a playwright. Like we're we're all about uh, the that's narrative. Awesome. So, wow, that is yeah, we're awesome. huge movie dorks here. Makes me like this place even more. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was possible, but I like it even more. If you if you're into it, we uh, we just got the the remastered uh, Jaws trilogy Blu-ray. I mean, only the first one's wow. good. Wow. So we're repping that all um, all Fourth of July weekends. Oh, nice. Oh, that's great. Nice. Who doesn't love Jaws? I fucking. I'm like you don't even know. I don't want to get into it. Like it's bad. Jaws. <laughs> it's really bad. You ever hear Spielberg talk about Jaws? You know the scene. It's the it's the scariest moment in the whole thing, where I forget which character was is diving and then the skeleton pops out of the hole in oh the mask. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. He had this great thing about it. It's like a great life lesson. You know what I mean? If you know if you're gonna do something really crazy in life, you gotta um, you gotta faint a little bit first, you know, and, yeah. and throw the phantom left hook. <laughs> So that's why he put that in there. He wanted to scare the shit out of people. Yeah. So they'd be so on edge that they didn't poop themselves when, you know, Jaws really comes <laughs> just out, came out of nowhere. You know, and he knows he'd never be able to scare somebody after they saw the giant shark. So yeah. It's, it's genius. Wow. Genius stuff, man. It's his, it's his best direct. It, it is genius. And bas that, that movie did for, the, for, for basically for beaches what The Exorcist kind of did for religion. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, literally, I mean, people were terrified of going to the beach because they thought. A giant shark was gonna kill them. Yeah, no, that that's, I still don't swim because of that. Fuck that. No, <laughs> not happening. I'm fat and pasty. <laughs> that's all. You got sharks. That's all. that's keeping you out of the water. Yeah, fuck that. Good for you, man. Good not happening. You. Oh, so, this smells amazing. Oh, this is beautiful. So, Dan, tell us about what we're about to taste right now. Oh, I wanted to share something special with you, cats. Uh, this beer you can actually only get here now. We sent a few kegs out. Uh, that's still only available here. Uh, I can't speak for the rest of the crew. Uh, we're all huge music nerds, but I think me and our uh, one of our brewers are the only deadheads on staff. Uh, but this is Strange Shadows from the Flames, or from the Flame. Uh, this is from Terrapin Station. Uh, so if you're a Grateful Dead fan, you'll get what this is about. This beer is really, really cool, man. So uh, we wanted to make a beer which would work really well in a culinary sense. Um, which yes. There's a lot of ways you can go with that, but courses one through four are always taken care of really well in a right. beer dinner. But once you get to uh, dessert, everybody's kind of left in the lurch. Struggling know? to find so something. So we wanted to do a dessert beer. So this is a dessert stout. So this is the base beer. This is an American stout, well hopped, uh, brewed some smoke malt from upstate New York. The thing that makes this beer really special is after we're done, this beer is blended with 500 pounds of meadow foam honey from Oregon. Holy shit. But it's blended in the bright tank. So it's blended after it's already beer. So it doesn't... Uh, we didn't ferment out the sugars. Right. So this beer is still, like, live. So you can't get this in a crowler. We can't can it. Right. We're not going to put it in a growler. Because if you left the growler in your car, it would explode. And uh, <laughs> you'd be the one guy to die of beer-related shrapnel. <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, unapologetically sweet. No, very, but... But the reason why we love this honey is because this honey has this really pronounced flavor of marshmallow. And when I first read that... I asked the question, which I hope you're asking, like, what is, what's the flavor of marshmallow? It's sugar flavored. And I still can't explain to you what marshmallow flavor is, but it's definitely <laughs> marshmallow flavor. You know, you know what? I, I, I get it. I, I get 
I get the marshmallow on the aftertaste. Yeah. Like on the tongue after after you sip it down, like you get that kind of um, airy marshmallow sugariness. Yeah. Uh, and it's very nice. I just want to grab like a little piece of chocolate and just oh yeah, a little nibble nibbly on chocolate. that, and then a little bit of this. Oh my god. Yeah, we it's did beautiful. A, we What's did the a, percentage on this? This guy, it's not actually huge. This is seven even. That's not bad. Yeah, so it's pretty drinkable. Yeah, we started with kind of the American stout base, so that would be like you know six five to seven five. Mm. Good healthy bitterness. You know, you couldn't have made this beer bitter enough. We put so much honey in it. It was always going to be sweet. Right. We wanted it to have like a nice, you know, kind of roundness to it. We did a beer dinner with this awesome place in uh, Pennsylvania called Iron Abbey. And they did this for the dessert course, and they did it with this, um, like this, like like ninety percent cacao, chocolate, chocolate mousse. Oh my god! We put tons of salt in, salted the crap out of it. <laughs> and if you ate it on its own, you'd be like, I don't know what this is. Like mole, I don't know what this right. is. Then you drank it with the uh, beer. Oh, it was transcendent. Wow. You're making me an ethereal experience. Wow. Gonna use all my Food Network words. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Do you make any other beers to pair with foods or? This sounds super cheesy. This is gonna sound like I'm hitting you with the brand rep line right here. Do it. No, we make our beer mostly to pair with music. Wow. Is is really what we're uh, about, you know? So, um, you know, kind of the speed, the tempo. That kind of gut hit, that's what we're going for more. Wow. Um, you know, obviously we love food. I mean, you can't see me because I'm on the radio, but I'm a, I'm a chummy gentleman. <laughs> I love food more than anything. I've been going no carb, though. Really? Dropped a couple pounds. Thanks for noticing, you guys. I didn't say anything. We were going to say well, after. We, we discussed this before. I got a haircut. We walked, trimmed my beard. We walked in. We anything. were like, Dan looks really good. We're like, we'll, we'll bring what, this up at the doing? end of the episode, yeah. right? Like, Seriously. Saving the carbs for beer, gentlemen. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Oh, it's yeah, I went to the Months gym today because horrible. I knew I was going to drink. That's how I do it. I just work out beforehand. The only way I'm it going to a nothing. gym is if it's part of my prison sentence. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's fair, though. I mean. What else are you going to do in jail? Uh, I'm not going to name <laughs> what that could be. <laughs> Maybe I'm not going to be in the gym then. Yeah. Just stay as gross as possible. Don't, don't drop the soap. <laughs> so I, I, I have a question. I, I think that... um. <laughs> Great segue from prison rape to this, but um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I read on social media that you had you had mentioned that you know you're not a big proponent of beer mail and like sending, what was it beer mail? Yeah, like sending no. beer. No, I don't like beer mail. And, and you know, and, and, and that's like a big among some craft beer heads, it's yeah, like a big sure. thing sending beer in the mail. And I have my own personal take on it, but I, I wanted to kind of see if you could expand a little more and see why the cons outweigh the pros. Right, look me in the eye. Uh oh. Swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Swear it. What percentage of beer mail have you gotten that arrived in an igloo cooler packed on ice and you received it at 33 degrees Fahrenheit? That would be zero. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just not, I'm not crazy about it. You know what the biggest problem is for me? Uh, I, I'm, I'm totally cool with sharing and people like bring in beer to like other parts of the country to share with people they love. Um, but if you're really like hip into online reviews and stuff like that, a lot of these cats, you know, are reviewing beers they got across the country or, like, up from Florida. And that's really not fair, man, to the brewer. Um, right. If you're not – if you drink our beer in any – you know what? Let me, let me make this broader, a, a broader stance. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you have a beer, you have to remember that it's a partnership of everybody involved of getting that beer to you. So if you come and drink it at our tap room and you don't like it, you can say, fuck you, single cup. Right. Hell yeah. And please, for the love of God, tell me so I can, you know, taste it myself and see right. what you don't like. Thankfully, it doesn't happen, but it might, you know. Uh, if you get a can and you take it home and you bought it at a store and you don't like it, I hope your first question is, man, I don't like that beer. Like, I want, did I buy it in the fridge? Did I buy it on the shelf? Mm-hmm. I wonder where that can was before I got it. How long was it sitting in the stock room before it got refrigerated? Yeah. Which kind of comes back to what we were talking about with the Washington Post, which I was so glad that Fritz did that story. Um, it's really, really important. So nobody should be making a beer in 2017 that isn't stamped. Right. Should say the day that it was made on. Yep. If you know your beer really, really well and you know your distribution network so well that you feel comfortable putting a a best buy date on it, I think that's cool. Um, that's risky, though, you know, because you don't know what it's going to be. A, a, a cold-stored beer for its whole life is going to have a much longer shelf life than a beer that went from hot truck to hot truck to a basement. Yep. To a store shelf, you know what I mean? 
that's my biggest problem with beer mail, you know? It makes sense, though. I mean, how many times have you received, like, a mini styrofoam cooler with ice packs in it yeah, to at least try to keep it yeah. to a certain temp? Like, that shit could have came from 35 degrees yeah. to 90 degrees. And, and not to mention, during transport, you don't know if it's how you know, if it's shooken up. Or, it has you know, to be. You know what it is. These guys don't care. Hot, you know, and it's totally. So many different variables that are going to taste change the way the taste of that beer. So the, the, the beer fiend in me says, oh, you know, it's great that I can get beers that I, that I can't get here. But the beer purist says, it's, you know, in a way, you're better off just going if you want to go to out-of-state brewery. Go right. to that out-of-state brewery. Yeah. Drink it there as opposed sure. to getting it shipped in because it could be, you know, the circumstances that it's shipped, the, the how old it is. I mean, the the, the, the heat, the, right. you know, all of that comes into play. Well, and, like it's, and it's not a fair shake to the brewer. Yeah, if you want to FT, uh, you know, for your for your Hoonapoo and your Black Tuesday or whatever, I think that's cool. That's kosher. Right. Those beers are fine. You know, as long as they're dark. And they don't get hot. They're gonna be cool, but if you're trying to bring in IPAs from the Northeast, yeah, West Coast IPAs, you're shipping them warm. That's all fine and cool. You want to try something, but you better give a big grain of salt mm-hmm. when you when you drink that. You know, right? There's it's nothing worse than when I get a letter from somebody saying like, "Hey, man, like I traded for this beer and it didn't taste the way I was expecting." And I was like. Well, man, I don't really know what to tell you, man. That's they should be calling UPS, not, not right. Not well, not call the guy that sent it, it to you. It's not an accurate yeah. depiction of the brewer's vision of the beer. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it's definitely what drives a lot of the industry right now, man. You know, a lot of the hype train is built around people trading. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. People being excited is always inherently good. Sure. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a beer mail fan. Um, if you buy it from a distributor. That means that the brewery said this meets our standard of quality, which for us, you can buy our beer from Vermont down to D.C., coming soon to Ohio. Nice. That's pretty much it for us. It won't go any further. Right. Because that's as far as we can drive in one day. So we can drive it there refrigerated into a delivered box. They'll deliver it on their truck, either within a couple hours or on a refrigerated truck to a cold box. Wow. So if you buy our beer anywhere in our market and you say it doesn't taste good, please call me. And I'll figure out why it doesn't taste good. Do me a favor. And call me, and we'll figure out why. Right. You know, that's the, the, one of the greatest things in, in this industry is the um, feedback that you get from your guests and your Hell customers, yeah. you know, because, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, from what I've noticed, you know, they just they don't want to hear it because they think that they're always right. But, I mean, the old adage is the customer's always right. For the most part, yes, and sometimes they could be dicks. Not but all the time. But, you know, but there's a lot of times where the things yeah. that they're saying, they're, they're saying it for a reason. Like, they... Yeah. They don't want you to give them something free. They don't want you to send them a coupon or a six-pack or whatever. They want to tell you because they're like, hey, man, if I think this is a little off, maybe everybody else thinks it's a little off. Maybe yeah. we got to fix something. Right. And a lot of the times I get those things, and sometimes it was, yeah, like, all right, that keg, the warehouse fucked up. Right. That was a keg from March, and we brewed that beer every two weeks. And, you know, it just sat there. It was the last keg out, and they kept refilling. Uh, that very rarely happens. Right, 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 right. Maybe it's possible it could happen, especially in big cities with big distributors. I uh, think we, we very intentionally work with small distributors for that very reason. But, right. you know, it, it could be. And, it, you know, I'll never know if you don't tell me. I can't have every pint everywhere. So I said taste anybody who ever reaches right. out says they have a problem. Right. So I always say, I can't taste every pint everywhere. Mm-hmm. I legitimately am very thankful that you reached out to us. You know, it, it, it really means a lot. You yeah. Know? yeah. Sometimes people won't, just won't like your beer. That's cool, too. Yeah. If everybody likes it, that just means it's boring. Or some, some people don't even reach out because they think you won't even listen. Or you won't respond. And as, obviously, as you said earlier, you yeah, know, if you check their Facebook, their response rate is terrific. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and, I, and I take a, I take more pride in that than anything. You know, there's good beer, there's bad beer, there's a lot of great breweries, there's a lot of bad breweries, and you can't always control what people think, their right. opinion. You know, like I, I just said it a second ago, but I, it's always been a mantra for me. If everybody likes you, you're boring. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. and if somebody doesn't think you're an asshole. Then you're not doing something right. Exactly. You know, you should, I, I guess I we're say. doing really you're good. You're doing exactly. a great job. <laughs> I hate you guys. I can't even believe you're here right now. We get that a lot. But if you want to be bold, you want to do something that has your personality in it, it shouldn't be for everyone. Right. So somebody, somebody sh- the wrong Somebody way. should not like it. And I think that's a good thing. But I want to make sure you don't like it for the right reasons. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, the little fair. the little old lady who said, you know, I um, I got this sour beer and it was really sour. And I didn't like it because it was sour. I got that, you know. I appreciated her saying that. That that's not a good reason to not like right. it. Right. Right. So you know, so we got her a different beer, and she loves it. You know, and that's that's cool. 
but if everybody likes everything, uh, see, you got me rambling now, you guys. I'm not even making sense. <laughs> no, 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 I, I get it. But, you know, and I think uh, another part of that is even if, I think if customers, even if they have a concern or a grievance, but just the fact that you guys show that you care, you'll respond. I think that goes a long way. And I think you know, the, like that little old lady, she didn't like the sour because it was sour. That's a bad reason. But you're like, you know what? Maybe you'll like this beer, and yeah, she sure. did. And uh, I think the customer, the relationships you guys have with your customers also goes a long way on top of the fact that you guys make very, very good beer. For me, it's the most important thing. Um, a lot of people make great beer. Uh, all I can control in this crazy world of you know, 5,300 breweries, I can only control how we treat our guests. Right. And uh, if you come into this place, you're our guest. That's not a word we use lightly. It's a word we use seriously. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, we believe in that strongly. I'm getting teary-eyed right now. Oh, but stop it. It, it means get him a Kleenex. It yeah. means uh, <laughs> it means a lot to us. You know, especially in New York. I mean, we're I mean, and the whole I-95. You know, we're all we're paying 30 percent of our income ideally for our rent. You know, people yeah. aren't just like yep. made of money. If you're gonna go out, and our stuff is very expensive. No apologies for that. It's it's for a good reason. Right. But it is yeah. expensive. We appreciate that very much. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to have a great time. And if one of those two things don't happen, I really hope you tell us because uh, we want to fix it. Absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So, Dan, I mean, is um, this has been awesome. I mean, anything else you want to tell our uh, tell our audience? Anything else you have for the listeners? Oh, yeah. I got I got a big one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm going to give everybody a second. Take take your cell phone out. You got you to gotta get ready. Okay. Uh, mark your calendars uh, December 9th. Saturday, December 9th. December 9th. is our fifth anniversary. Oh, boy. We're having a, a big one. Big one. Really? I, we, we might close off the street. We're not sure. Stop oh, it. Oh, man. But I, I, already, I already ordered the themed pinatas. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got a whole bunch of our favorite bands coming to play. Uh, we have a whole slew of special beers. Uh, we have, we're huge fans that are replacements here. Massive. Okay. Massive. When I, when I said oh, earlier, nice. uh, we're never satisfied. That's uh, that's a lesson that the replacements taught us. Okay, uh, we're doing our first ever replacements beer. You're hearing it here. You're hearing it here. Wow. Fucking first. <laughs> I love Exclusive it. Exclusive. Second shit. one. Second one. There you go. We're doing a huge uh, extra double IPA. Oh, extra wow. double. Tri- a triple IPA. If you're triple so inclined. IPA. Is this gonna be like triple dry hop too? It, yeah, it is. There yeah. you go. Uh-huh. I don't know if you can triple. <laughs> I think you just do an extra double. Is that right? Extra double, maybe. That yeah. works. Extra double IPA. It's an it's an extra triple, dry hopped extra triple IPA. Try wow. fitting that shit on the can. Yes, correct. Can't even, can't even do it. It's called uh, Tomorrow Who's Gonna Fuss. <laughs> which we oh, we uh, great. love the names. Yes. Which we know in advance will be a self uh, fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> but for one day, you have to fuss. Uh, that's actually going to come out on the 8th, and um, against um, our better judgment, we're doing a double dry hop version of 18 Watt. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah, it's our, it's our brewery's our brewer's absolute favorite beer. I Eight, love it. 18 Watt is our like, super, super lush session IPA, 4.9%, hazy as uh, a British morning, <laughs> um, with an embarrassingly expensive blend uh, and uh, schedule of hops. Um, we love that beer, and we're gonna double dry hop it. Wow! Just that one time, we will never double dry hop it again. Wow! Really? Wow! Yeah. Guess who uh, we're gonna be? This is Saturday, December 9th? Yeah, and you can get those cans starting on December eighth. December Friday, December eighth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but wow. we would love for, um, especially those of you who are here on day one, come back, see what happened in five years. This this little box on 37th Street in Astoria has transformed into a. A full-grown little man. Wow. <laughs> Guys, you heard it here first. Yeah. Simcoe Brewery, Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. December 9th, fifth anniversary party. Fifth anniversary party, yeah. It's going down. It's going to be, sounds like it's going to be very, very big. Big deal. It's going to be really, really fun, man. We're really super excited. Um, so, yeah, we're going to put out like a little, it's, oh, it's it's free. We, we never, there's no ticket for anything here. Oh, beers are free. Awesome. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> you took a creative leap with that. Hey, it was worth a shot. Yeah. I'll bet you, I'll bet you something. You're, let me put it this way. You're going to get something nice will happen to you if you, if you show up. Okay. So uh, we're going to oh. put out, we're going to put out an invitation list. It's open to anybody and everybody. We'll put awesome. it out about three weeks ahead of time. We'll let you all know on the social media. Look on your computer phone. <laughs> there will be something to let you know. Oh, we will be here for sure. Uh, we you're will you're be already here. on the list. Fantastic. Wow. Awesome. I'm excited about this. Can't wait for this. Yeah. 
Right? In the middle of summer, we're like, let's get the shit over let's with. Let's get the shit over with. Let's go. Oh, oh, I got one more. Let's go. Let's what do you have got? it. No, no, I can't. Scumbag. Oh, what a prick. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come sorry. on. Well, we do it. Do it. Turn off his mic. I'll tell you. Turn off his mic. I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off. Click. All right, go ahead. You're good. <laughs> so I killed a guy yesterday. <laughs> and he's in the, he's he's okay. for a while. He's in the beer we just you, drank. You make good beer. We'll 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 take you to safety. You gotta Don't go to Mexico. We'll it. take you. Don't worry. I know a guy that can get you cross country in no time. All right, cool, man. Cool. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. This has been fantastic, Dan. We we can't thank you enough. We've been waiting to get here. Yo, we made it so happen. In. Yeah, long awaited, long awaited. We Highly anticipated. This, this, one, this was supposed to be our first one in our eyes. But it was our 22nd podcast. 20, technically 20, 23rd. I get it. We're five. You found a younger, cuter brewery. <laughs> that's cool, man. I get it. That's that's great. We like that's those cool. one-year-olds, you know? There's <laughs> <laughs> no way to not sound that sound uh, creepy. I, I, don't I love know. it. I don't on know that how to edit that one in post. <laughs> don't worry. On that note, Dan, thank you very, very much. Yeah, you man. Know, we love what you guys are doing. Just Thanks, keep making dude. great beer, as I'm sure you will. And Hey, we'll keep showing up and drinking it. I'm getting played out by fairies wear, uh, fairies wear boots, so this is my time to leave, man. <laughs> Dan, thanks so much. Chin Thank chin. you, brother. Have, Have a, a great day. Guys. Thanks for being our guest. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And, guys, that was uh, Dan Bronson. Beer today, beer tomorrow, here at Sing Cut Brewery in Astoria, Queens. Good hey, time, man. my home. Yeah. Fucking great time. This is Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed the latest dose of dopeness. Join the Craft Beer Odyssey and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Check us out at www.beertodaybeertomorrow.com, where you can find all of our weekly blog posts, podcast episodes, and much more. You can also listen to the show on iTunes and Podbean. Shout out to bensound.com for the track that we played for you in the beginning and outro of this episode today. Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. Drink local. Drink fresh. Repeat. See ya.